Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the Modalidades on BTV. You can now catch the recaps and also Modalidades talk on Befig Independent, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befig uh, Independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Befig Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dog Benfica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumaças, as always. With me, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano. Is uh, Brazilian football the most evolved football in the world? 100%. If JJ says so, must be true. How you doing? Been better, but also been worse. How are you? I'm good. I'm waiting for Santa. <laughs> Dave, since you're close to the North Pole, please uh, send me a, te a text once you see Santa coming uh, down. What's going on, my brother? Nothing much. Uh, good to be back on. Yeah, trying to get into the uh, the Christmas spirit as much as possible. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll shoot you a message when I, uh, I see the old guy passing by the house. Yeah, That's is right. He, is he coming through on like, Uh, on that red hot Mercedes, like you see in the commercial, or or is he still riding old school with the reindeer day? It all depends if we get snow or not, right? And then he's got to put the four by four on the uh, on the sleigh. So it all it's all weather dependent up here. One thing is for sure, he definitely will be wearing a mask. He'll be wearing a mask, and he'll be in red. So he's okay <laughs> in my books. That's right. Uh, Episode 390 is what we're up to on tonight's episode. We will look back at the Gilles Vicente game and we'll look ahead to uh, tomorrow's game as we record this, this the Super Cup, uh, this uh, season's Super Cup that was pushed out uh, to uh, tomorrow, obviously. Uh, usually it's the first game of the official uh, season, uh, but because of COVID and all and the way that things have been uh, rescheduled, this is where they slotted. Uh, also, Uh, to preview the Portimonense game, which is Befica's next game for the Portuguese League, which happens a week from this Tuesday. Uh, so on the 29th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so um, let's get uh, let's get started with this uh, with this Gil Vicente game. Uh, Befica traveled over to uh, 
the land of the cock, as Cristiano likes to mention, or, or Barcelos, to play uh, local uh, Gil Vicente. Uh, Vlaco Dimas was in goal. Uh, Gilberto Vertogen, Jardel and Grimaldo across the back. Weigel and Pizzi. Pedrinho, Everton on the wing. Seferovic behind uh, Darwin Nunez. So uh, I think that, I mean, we, we've seen so many variations and so many ins and so many outs in this team that at this point, I, I think that it, it's hard to look at it at an 11 and be surprised that a guy is actually uh, playing. Um, I think that we haven't seen Seferovic playing behind Darwin Nunez, but certainly certainly with the uh, performances Seferovic has had, uh, he deserves a, a starting spot. I don't know if that's the right spot for him or not, but, uh, you know, sure enough, he got uh, he got the start ahead of Walshmit. Cristiano, Walshmit um, started on fire. Him and Darwin looked like he, they were forming a good bond. Uh, all of a sudden, he finds himself uh, riding uh, the bench. Uh, what do you make of that? Just Do you think it's growing pains, adaptation period? Well, I, I just think it's it's it, it's JJ deciding to give the guy a breather. Um, Benfica practically playing the game every three days. Um, and you can't burn out everybody. I know... Um, there's some guys on this on this team that have got more minutes than others. Like you talk about a guy like Everton, who's practically participated in 19 out of 20 games Benfica have played so far this season. But you know, for the most part, he's tried to give other guys rest, um, a rest here and there. And I think that's what he's doing with uh, with a guy like uh, Luca Waldschmidt. And look, um, Sferovic, to his credit, when he's played, he's he's done his part. Um, yes, he's missed some. Some sitters that we we wish he would have um, converted or put in the back of the net. But at the same time, he's the type of guys we talked on previous podcasts that guy comes in, puts in a shift, does what he has to do. And again, you can't play the same 11 over and over and over again. So sometime, at some point, someone has to sit in order to give fresher legs an opportunity. And I think that's what JJ's trying to do here. And Dave, we had been uh, speaking about the emergence of Pedrinho. Uh, been playing well, looked like he, he bulked up a little bit, showed some confidence, uh, had a great game against Vila Franquins, but Vila Franquins is Vila Franquins, so take it for what it's worth. Uh, but it was something here that I had asked Cristiano last week about Pedrinho. Um, he's not a guy that's used to defending or tracking back, and usually the way he's coming in is when uh, Benfica is all forward, And it, the game suits him well. He didn't particularly have a bad game, but it wasn't the game that we were expecting from Padrino. What did you thought of his performance overall? Yeah, it, like you said, it wasn't uh, what we've been used to seeing him coming off the bench. But then again, uh, like you also mentioned, uh, we're asking him to uh, only focus on his offensive uh, abilities when uh, coming off the bench. They're usually at the end of the games. Um, and, and I got to agree, like he wasn't uh, too bad either um, starting, but uh, you could definitely see that. Uh, I think it, what's the saying that uh, better, better in small packages. Uh, so smaller dosage uh, for Pedrinho right now. But uh, like uh, we've been saying right now with it seems like every three days we've got a game. We got to uh, rotate the, those players. So. It was good to see that he got the reward of the start, but it wasn't uh, definitely one of his uh, best performances this season so far. Yeah. Um, 
I thought that Benfica came out and, and played well, created a couple chances. I think uh, Benfica was wasteful. wasteful. Darwin uh, in the in the box has to find a way, as we've been mentioning, to putting the toe on the ball, getting a shot off, hit it off somebody's legs, do something. Uh, we also had that that one timer by Everton uh, on a on a cross. Uh, we had Gil, a Gilberto ball that was deflected that the goalkeeper put it over his goal. Uh, we had uh, our fair chances of uh, of our fair chances in the first half, but we couldn't convert. Um, then you know, and I think that this is silly, right? For a professional, uh, you get a yellow card for the first play. Uh, you jump up with, uh, and I'm talking about the Juve Vicente defender. You jump up with uh, Darwin and you lead with your arm, you get the yellow card, you come back five or six minutes or whatever it was with the same exact play, and you expect not to get a yellow card and, and uh, respective red card. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there playing professional soccer or pro professional football that may have a lot of traits uh, and technical ability, but some some of them lack uh, some, some brain. Um, I've been but, told by, by a couple of smart people, Alfredo, in some of these cases, some of these players, it's a good thing that they, they're able to use their head to play football because they wouldn't be able to use it for anything else. <laughs> and, and you see it in an instance like this, as you mentioned, a few minutes early, he gets a yellow card for something very similar and then does it just a few minutes later, right in front of the referee. And I think the second one was worse than the first yeah. one. And it just makes you wonder, what in the world are you thinking? Are you really thinking that due to the fact that you have one already and you're coming down to the end of the first half that you're going to get away with it? I mean, you just have to be smarter. You absolutely have to be smarter. And look, um, in this instance, you, you see Mefica go up a man, um, go into the half. And you think it's going to be beneficial to Benfica. And I don't know if it wasn't beneficial to, to, to Gilles Vicente. Um, they, they absolutely had the better of play in the beginning of the second half. But these players have to be smarter. Um, I think also the one play that we, we must, I, I think we, we should mention, right? Because obviously we're fair here on the podcast. The Gilberto yellow card. I, I thought he was very fortunate not to see a red. Um, he straight cocked back with an elbow and caught him squarely in the face. But I do think that in the play like that, both him and I forget who the player was right now. I can't, I can't, um, I can't remember the player's Pancho, name. Pancho, Pancho, Pancho. Uh, <laughs> you messing with me now. Come on, I'm afraid. <laughs> I used to wear a Pancho when I used to rain. When I used to go to school, I used to watch school with a Pancho on. <laughs> but uh, whoever that player was, obviously it wasn't Pancho. Uh, I, I thought he was very fortunate as well. He didn't even get a yellow, but you could tell he went in um, to foul to pressure and put apply the pressure and fouls you about it. He went in with the intention of even coming away with a yellow card and he hacked him and he hacked him and he had the third time. He kind of hit him with an elbow in the back of the head, which then um, Gilberto, you could tell, retaliated and, and he caught him with his own elbow. I, I think the referee, if he was trying to play things down the middle, could have very easily given both players a red card and I don't think anybody would have complained. You saw the Juve sent the bench get up and, and be very upset. Um, with the elbow from, from Gilberto, but obviously, you know, you're always going to be one-sided and, and look at things your way. But I think both players there were, were fortunate not to get a red. Uh, Gilberto got away with the yellow. I think the referee took into account that he was being hacked. Um, and, and, you know, he saw he kind of retaliated. So I think he gave him a break. I, I think I would have been a lot more content with both guys getting a red card like that. You don't hear the, you know, Befico calling type of thing. Because, look, the day before, 
with Kowats and Sporting when he threw that elbow to me. He got away with it. It was a yell. I thought, and, and I was, you know, screaming and hollering that that's a red card. So I have to be brutally honest here, Alfred. I, I think the criteria fits here was Gilberto. And if I want a, a, a red for, for, for a player in a previous game, I think Gilberto got fortunate there um, not, not, not to get a red. And it benefited to Benfica's, um, you know, Benfica's favor. But ay, second half, go ahead. <laughs> I know I'm yeah. jump, jumping ahead. <laughs> No, no, no. I you know, I agree with you. I think I would have been okay with uh, both players getting a yellow uh, or one yellow, one red with the red being more flagrant uh, to Gilberto. And usually, as you know, because you know, the guy that retaliates always catches the brunt of it. Uh, used to be, Alfredo. Let me interrupt. Used to be. Nowadays, there's VAR, right? <laughs> right. Back in the days, it was always the first guy would initiate, instigate. And, and, right? He's the last one. But now you have the VAR. You have the, the and, and the VAR is actually a red card or an aggression, right? Is actually reviewable. So yeah. that's no longer the case, Alfredo, that the second guy is always the one that gets punished. Yeah, but I mean, if you're if you're uh, using some some math and and you're used to fractions, when you reduce, so it would have been a yellow and a red. If you reduce it to a yellow or nothing, it's the same thing basically. Just Benfica ended up uh, staying with eleven players while Julio Vicente lost a player on on a previous uh, on a previous play, which was more than than fair. Uh, Benfica comes out of the second half, and, and Benfica, I think Benfica thought that okay, well now we're playing against ten guys. Uh, these guys all have been doing is, is defending, so this is just going to be a matter of time. Uh, but that wasn't the case. Uh, Julio Vicente again, like many other teams, coming coming down Benfica's half. Uh, creating some 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 danger um, from those corners. Three opportunities for the same exact guy. Uh, and the thing is that in a press conference, somebody asked JJ about this this guy and, and the danger. And what he said was that he already knew him from Brazil and he knew that's what he brought. If he knew that's what he brought, how do you allow a player to have three opportunities when you clearly know the guy, not from your scouting that you've done in Portugal, but from your Brazil time? I actually thought he was going to say it from my database. Remember from his database that he's got every player in the world, but he, he, picked, he decided to go Brazil. No, he knew, it from, he knew him from Brazil. He knew that's what the guy brought. And yet we allowed the guy to... Uh, to create those three chances. It's um, one of those situations. I won't believe it until I see it, you know? And it was like, okay, so first time was like, second time, like, ah, third time, like, oh, crap. And then, you know, Benfica was fortunate enough um, that the, the, the goalpost, the crossbar, I should say, helped them out a bit. Uh, Vlaco, the last one was straight up Vlaco Dimas. I mean, not much power on it. They're yeah. very lucky that he didn't get a clear header on that. But yeah, I mean, I just don't understand that type of defending because as you, as, as we just said, one time, you know, shame on me. I'm shame on you. What is, what is second time? Shame on me. You know what I mean? They, they actually advanced that. They went to third time. Like, shame on all of us here. Like, what the? What are you guys doing? So, um, not a good look for Benfica. If Vlaco Dimos had to stand on his head a couple minutes later, yeah. uh, it, it was as if Juve sent to their credit and their, goal, and, and their, their head coach, that's yeah, something to prove. And they came out in a half. Obviously, they were very upset with that red card. I mean... Not that they had any merit in it because that was, as we stated, that was a clear um, second yellow. But they had something to prove. They came out and they wanted to play and they brought the game to Benfica. Um, and Benfica w were able to withstand um, the challenge, right? Withstand that storm. Came yeah. away um, with, you know, with finding a way to get back on a, get to, to score a goal on the other end, a fortuitous goal. Um, 
by the guy that a lot of people are criticizing as to why is JJ playing? JJ guys on the consult. And you know, got his head on the ball, and then the defender helped him out with 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 that little cheeky touch with the header. Obviously, try to clear it. Um, but look, in order to 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 get through a long marathon uh, of a season, sometimes you need these lucky breaks, and Benfica got one. So, yeah, yeah, uh, two two goals by Benfica uh, after a time where Jules uh, Vicente was being uh, the most dangerous, and and oftentimes, as we know, and you if you watch football uh, enough. Uh, Playing with 10 men doesn't always mean that you have a disadvantage. As a matter of fact, you tend to organize yourself a little better uh, when you have uh, 10 men or the attacking team can't uh, find where the mismatches are if they don't play fast enough. Uh, but certainly uh, the own goal by Everton uh, put Benfica at ease. And then uh, six minutes later, Everton again with a similar play, this time minus the defender uh, on the second post to defend that and uh Good play by uh, Seferovic in a, in a play that reminded me of a futsal play, right? Rolls the ball to one side and and uh, crosses with the other foot. Nice. I was going to tell you, you got to give Dave's Dave's boyfriend a little credit here because that was a cheeky little play by with his left foot. Dra- and then got the cross off with his off foot, with his right foot. And I think he missed it. And you could tell it was bending the other way. And, and, and all Everton had to do was was get his head on it. But, you know, credit to him. Credit to Sferovic for, for that cheeky play. And credit to, to Everton for making that run second post. It looks as if it's uma jogada estudada do mestre da tática. Sabes como é que é? Yeah, I am... <laughs> <laughs> you almost missed that. You almost hit the top of the bar. But uh, luckily enough, sometimes things uh, things work out. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I, I thought that uh, after the second goal, Benfica just limited themselves uh, to control the game. And and this is what Benfica had been doing all all game long. Um, I just I can't understand why Benfica doesn't take more shots at goal from a distance. And all you it reminds me a lot of a hand handball game. You go from side to side. The other team just shifts around the box, just defending, just pacing and and, and shifting around uh, the ball. Uh, and that's what Benfica does. I mean, there's no pace. There's no dynamic uh, up front with guys making runs behind the defense, with guys going to the sides. I don't know. It's, it's difficult for me to understand. And it's so easy to defend when you don't play at pace in that final third. Um, but look, Benfica was up to nothing. They limited themselves to just uh, moving the ball, and the game finished. Alfredo, you, you, I could tell, I could tell by that comment. And Dave, I'm pretty sure you heard this, so you're gonna back me up on this. I could tell that Alfredo hasn't been paying attention to Mikel Arteta at Arsenal because Mikel Arteta, <laughs> for a you know, future Benfica opponent in the Europa League, the head coach said just after well, not today, after not after today, shellacking against Manchester City, but. Um, the previous game that, listen, this is not like basketball, okay, Alfredo? In basketball, if you shoot 50 times and your opponent shoots one, you're going to win the game because obviously, well, you might miss all 50 and the other guy makes the one. I didn't understand that comparison. But still, when you take more shots, most likely you're going to win the game. In soccer, it doesn't work that way. You can take 10 shots and the team that takes two scores, the two opportunities, they come away with the win, Alfredo. That's what it's about. Who cares about handball? Yeah. I'm just, I just don't say that. That's what that play reminds me. They just keep going from side to side, side to side, looking for an opening, looking for an opening. 
Yeah, that, I, was, that was the common theme of uh, Vittoria's era, that especially towards the end. It was just, if it wasn't working on the one side, bring it back to the other side and try it from the other side. If it wasn't working from that side, bring it back to the other side. That's what it reminds me of. Nah, at the end of Vittoria's era, became a boom. It was like, oh, this ain't working. <laughs> we can't switch it from side to side. What the fuck, Let's go. Go get it. Now, look, it, it, you could tell. You can tell that these teams have done their homework on, on, on this Benfica. Um, and they're just stacking the middle and they're forcing Benfica to the outside. Um, and Benfica's not really doing anything. I mean, they're for, opposite. I'm sorry. They're forcing Benfica into the middle. They're clogging up the, the, the wings. They're, they're doing an excellent job of, of, of defending the outside. And Benfica just tries to rotate because it seems as if they want to play that old school soccer. That one, It was like when I first learned how to play soccer, I'm afraid, when I was a little kid. It was get the ball down the wing, cross it, and somebody comes in and headers it or taps it in, right? And it seems like they're bringing back that old school soccer Benfica, and, and the opposition has has figured them out, um, and, and they're doing a hell of a job making things difficult for Benfica. And Benfica just for some reason they can't create. Uh, we 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 severely lack a playmaker, man. You know, Adel Trapp hasn't been anywhere near as good as he's you know, as he was earlier in the season. Uh, Luca Walshmit, who who I like a lot, but. He, he surprised me. I thought Luca Walshman would, would have a little bit more. The ball would be a little bit more involved in, 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 you know, creating opportunities. And he's more of a guy that plays simple and gets to the end of a couple of passes. And, you know, is more of a goal scorer than he is of a playmaker. And it just seems like we have a difficult time creating down the middle. Um, and teams understand that. And they just, uh, they force, or, or opposite. I'm, I'm all messed up. But you, you get my drift, right? I'm, I'm yeah. catching myself here. I'm all messed up. I'm I'm looking at Dave over there at the Marquez Bombal celebrating with his background <laughs> and uh he's throwing me off for a loop. <clears throat> let me ask uh let me ask you a question and Dave, you just uh, mentioned the Vittoria um the Vittoria years. Um is this a uh not a better team, but is this a team that plays better than last year's but our expectations are just much higher because of JJ and the level of players. And that's why we kind of find ourselves a little bit disappointed with the level and the performances that the team has had. hundred percent. You asking Dave or me? Yeah, I was asking Dave. No, but, I, I agree mean, you could answer too. too. But uh, the expectations were high with JJ, but how this team collapsed, like we've said in the past, how this team collapsed last season it's not going to be a, a, a overnight fix. Just uh, how to uh, how to fix their how this team collapsed and their mental state. So it, they're they're winning ugly right now. But the key part of that is they're winning. They're getting these three points and they're they're coming back. But uh, it's it's definitely not pretty. And the expectations are high because it is it is JJ coming to uh, and and coaching this team. Alfredo's twofold. One, it's the expectations, right? Especially JJ comes in, you know, like I've said, uh, right? And he spends a lot of money, uh, unlike any figure in our history, right? That spends the, the, that type of money that we spent this offseason. And so expectations are crazy high because you'd expect Benfica to be playing Utriplu, and they're absolutely not. I mean, they might be playing better in certain areas, but they're not playing anywhere near what, what, what the coach himself said Benfica would be playing. That's number one. And number two, <laughs> I, I just think that a lot of people are not fans of JJ. And I think there are ultra critical of JJ. Even when things aren't as bleak as they might seem they they, they are, or, or you know, as, as bleak as they are, as they might seem to be, I should say, they're just going to crit because the guy has kind of 
build up that expectation and with all this trash talking and, and everything. And I just think that, that people are not fans of his. And so every opportunity to get, they're going to get to, to kind of knock them. They will, because in, in, in all reality, I understand they spend a lot of money, but this is a team that's still very flawed. This is his first year in charge. And I think I've made the, the, the argument here on the podcast that the best coaches in the world are allowed a year. I mean, more than a year to get things under control. Right. And why isn't he granted the same time, the, 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 the same timing? Why isn't he granted that? Because you don't like him? I mean, we've said here on the podcast, Alfredo, for many years before Dave was on, if you recall, with Steve back in the days, our argument, and, and it was always, you know, I, I know sometimes I, I, I went overboard, but my thing was always, you know, my mom is a really nice person, but I wanted wanted to coach Benfica. At the end of the day, do you want a nice guy, right? that doesn't have a clue tactically or do you want a guy that's rough around the edges, but he understands football. And and I, now I think we got, we went from the nice guy to the nice guy. It worked for a little bit, did not work out towards the end. The wheels fell off the team. Say what you want. They turned on them. Yada, yada, yada. Now we turn to the guy that's a little rough around the edges, but tactically he understands. And I know some of his decision-making is left to scratch in our head, but at the end of the day, look, he's winning. It's not pretty, but he's winning. Benfica are in second place. Um, they had a little hiccup there with a couple matches. You know, obviously, no one saw the game and the result against uh, Volvista coming. Obviously, I mean, no one. Um, and obviously, he's not free of criticism. But I, I think this guy understands football. Everywhere he's been, he's shown that he understands football. And he's, he's and I think he, he, he should get a little bit of time rather than just ripping him up. Everything the guy does. Every single thing he does, there's somebody crying and you know and criticizing him for everything, Alfredo. And this so, isn't a normal year either. He's not getting his days of practice in between games, right? Because like we're saying, there's a game every three three days. It's not uh, they're just going to be doing like video uh, coaching yeah, but, uh, and, and resting. Yeah, that, I, Dave, I get that. I get that. But either way, whether Benfica makes the Champions League or whether Benfica makes the Europa League, you're playing every three days doesn't matter but i do understand what you're saying that it limits the time that he has with the team but i'm not even going down that stretch guys i'm going to the point where i read on through social media right and i've tried to stay off of social media if you guys paid attention and you guys listen you've noticed my i haven't been anywhere near as active as i used to be right but you read with all these 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 geniuses right complaining that you know, he doesn't give players a rest. He's always playing the same guys. Then you see an instant like this weekend where Sferovic plays, right? And people are, wow, how in the hell is Sferovic play? Like, there's just no way. Like, if he if he doesn't give a guy a rest, it's because he doesn't give a guy a rest. If he gives guys rest, it's, be, it's just whatever, JJ, like I said to you, Alfredo, it's due to the expectations of what we, you know, obviously the expectations around hiring a guy like JJ and your expectations of winning these games with such an ease, uh, easy, easy form. And then the the other one is that, hey, just because no matter what he does, he's going to get criticized. Yeah. No, I think the, the, the and I use this this term on a, on a group chat that we're in, that uh, Benfica fans is as schizophrenic um, and bipolar, perhaps. Uh, because if, if it, like you said, Cristiano, if, if a guy does something, oh, why is he doing that? If he does the opposite, oh, how come he's doing that? So it, uh, there's no way to, to please. And I, 
and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's no consensus in terms of the coaching choice. Um, and I don't think that per se there's guys out there that hope that Benfica lose in order for JJ to get sacked. I don't think there's anybody wishing that the team loses, but certainly the, the, the lack of, uh, of, of slack um, and, and I'm perhaps one of them, but I'm not a, as big of a, a vocal critic of JJ, but the lack of, of, for me, he doesn't have the amount of slack that another guy that came in would have. That's fair. That's because fair. He, he knows the house. Okay. He knows the league. Uh, he's a guy that's, uh, that's considered one of the best Portuguese coaches uh, of the moment. Um, and I think that with the talent that he has, he should be doing a lot better considering the, the level of teams that we have played so far. Well, look, first of all, let me remind you, I'm going to remind you, my, my man, my capitão, Alfredo Fumasas, and, and, and the rest of the people listening to this podcast, okay, it's not over yet. Season ain't over yet. It just started. With the except- it, it, it's with Christmas. The- I thought the season uh, finishes at Christmas time in uh, Benfica land over here. Whoever said that is dumb. Um, <laughs> whoever said that doesn't know a thing about football. Um, look, it, with the exception of our only mission that we failed so far was qualify, and that's a big one. I'm not trying to minimize it. Was was qualifying for the Champions League and losing to Paul, right? And, and I think we've said it. I, I think even the haters understand. Had Benfica gotten a second leg. Second game against Paul at the start of the loose, Benfica would have beat him. Benfica would have been in the Champions League. But obviously, not being a, a regular year, it was a one-off, and, and Benfica got caught napping, and, and JJ takes the blame for that. Understood. As far as the rest, Alfredo, that the team should be playing better. Look, it is. I, I think I think you have to take into consideration it's not normal times. Benfica is still alive in every other competition. Hey, did you guys forget? Benfica got through Europa League undefeated, baby. Oh, you guys forgot about that already. <laughs> so look, things could be better, but they could be worse. At the end of the day, we're still alive. We're still heading the right path. Let's see what happens with the super game tomorrow against Football Club Porto. Because at the end of the day, that's where we're going to measure our coaching, our players is in games like that, in a game like tomorrow in a Super Tasa, even though Super Tasa is, is for Berlin's, but a game against Football Club Porto is always a game to be taken serious. We'll see what happens in that instance. But Bro, the problem I have, Alfredo, and I've read plenty of articles bashing JJ, is that those same people that are today bashing JJ because he's this and because are the same people that were bashing the super nice guy Lodge last year. Remember, these same people that are out here today bashing JJ are the same people that love Lodge and then turned on Lodge. And now here we go. We're turning on this guy because simply we don't like him. Look, I, I, I never disliked Lodge. I dislike some of his football and decisions. I never disliked the guy. And not that he did anything or said anything because the guy, the, the, the one thing about Lodge is, he, look, say what you want. The guy was a classy guy. He knew how to speak and he never, he never, you know, he never, you know, right? The guy always knew what to say. Um, so it's hard to, to kind of hate on a guy like that because he he's very smart in what he says. But I, I just think that the same people, you know, that turned on Lodge last year because he was such a nice guy, but he didn't know football. Now we're turning on this guy because he might, you know, he speaks too much or, you know, we all knew when JJ came that he's not a great communicator. We all knew that. Right. And I know he's had a couple instances there that there's no defending that. Right. Absolutely. There's no defending. But the rest, like everybody gets upset up in arms because he does this. He does. I just think he's in a no win situation. 
JJ, if Benfica don't come away with the World Cup at the end of this season, he's going to be a failure. <laughs> Dave, no, numbers on this game, so we could uh, so we could turn our attention to the super game, as Cristiano called it. Yeah, uh, not too much uh, numbers, but uh, Benfica, even though they had the extra man for that second half uh, against Joe Vicente, they still managed to be outshot fourteen uh, to eleven. So. Um, you look on this, uh, if you just look at the game from a score sheet standard, you see that Benfica comes away with the clean sheet, but it was far from, um, far from it. Uh, Jovi Sint really posed a lot of threats there, especially in that second half. And, uh, if it wasn't for Vlacodimos, uh, standing on his head, a couple of those, uh, should have, uh, gone in and, uh, we're looking at another, uh, game without a clean sheet, but, um, I, like you said, sometimes it's uh, better to be uh, good than lucky, and uh, we got the uh, clean sheet and we got the three points. Most important, positive thing. baby, positives, Alfredo. We're yeah. new here on the podcast. Mm. We're clean sheet, positives. Most important thing for sure. Um, tomorrow's, I kind of see this game as uh, there. There's a lot more to this game than just Berlin's, and I do understand what you're saying. This is for Berlin's uh, because this is. Uh, after the Tasa de Liga, this is probably the youngest competition after the Tasa de Liga, the Super Cup. It hasn't always existed. And the Super Cup has, uh, has allowed Porto to have uh, as almost as many trophies as Benfica because of Dominate. all these super, super Cups that they've won. I think Benfica has won eight and Porto has won 20-something. I'm, I'm not eight sure. 21. Right. Um, but, but here's... Um, Here's here's what I wanted to say. The game does uh, it takes place tomorrow in, in your hometown of Aveiro, Cristiano, at 3.45 uh, Eastern Standard here for those of us in the East Coast of the United States and up in the Toronto area. Uh, everywhere else, uh, you do your math with the time difference. Um, yeah, but he, here's, um, here's the thing uh, for me. Um, this is, this is going to be... The third game of high difficulty or high demand for JJ. The first one being the Pauwok, uh, and certainly not because of the the uh, opponent that we we're playing, but certainly because of what got us, what could have given us. Uh, the second game is against uh, a direct adversary, which was Braga. We ended up losing that game also, uh, and now we have the first clash with Porto, a Porto team that didn't start well, uh, that is all of a sudden has, has gained some momentum, had a very good uh, Champions League uh, campaign, if I may add, uh, and now is faced with a Benfica game where Porto could really stomp their authority on Benfica and say, hey, just because we're in third place, don't forget us. We're, we're coming uh, for you. Um Dave, before we, we start discussing this game, and, and I got some other questions that I need to ask you guys, let, let's hear some numbers, brother. Yeah, for sure. So historically uh, in this competition, Benfica against Porto have only uh, won five, drawn seven, and lost 13. Um, and their last victory against Porto in this competition came in 1993. So like we said, this tournament, uh, or this competition hasn't been... Uh, we haven't had uh, the greatest success in this uh, this cup here, but uh, another uh, stat there: Benfica lost uh, all three meeting meetings against Porto, 
uh, last season. Don't want to try to bring back any uh, bad memories, but uh, JJ's record also uh, managing Benfica against Porto, seven wins, four draws, and nine losses. Yeah, uh, look, stats are, are what they are, but I think that when you when you play games like this, a lot of the stats go out the door. And uh, Cristiano, I'm curious to see what Benfica team is going to come out tomorrow. Is this going to be uh, a Benfica team more at the image of JJ, or is this going to be a Benfica team at the image of the softy Mansu that we have been seeing with Laj and, and Vitoria? Esperai, Alfred. Esperai. I, I need to take a minute. I, I I knew it was bad, but I I was just reminded how bad it really is, and and I need I need a minute to compose myself. I mean, this is wow. Five draws. Seven losses. No, five wins, seven draws, 13 losses. Last week, 1990 freaking three. I mean, there are, I think, a huge, a huge portion of our, of our listeners weren't even born in 1993. I mean, that is a tro. I mean, hold on. Woosah. Hold on. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. I mean, that is just, that's horrendous. That was the last time Befica beat Porto in the Super Cup? Woof. Yeah. I, I could have sworn I mean, that, something that, zero, zero, that the last five times that Befica has played Porto in the Super Cup have, have lost all five. Yeah, they've lost all five. But uh, so the last time they won was 93. And that was a two-legged affair. They ended up losing that that cup that year. But th- that that was the last victory um, that they, they had over Porto. Was one, it, they won one leg, but Porto still ended up coming away with the, uh, the trophy. Hey, man, don't. Don't question our stack guy. And if you got hate, 87DO87 on Twitter. All right. <laughs> yeah. Last um, last Super Cup that Befica was in, which was uh, last year, uh, Befica beat Sporting 5 nothing. At a moment, we said this will be done by Christmas. Or somebody said it here. I don't know. Some idiot. <laughs> some idiot who thinks, you know, he's just <laughs> gross. Podcast. Yeah. Some, some dummy. So, but, uh, uh, get, get back to seriousness. It, it's, look. Alfred, I think you said it best, right? Um, anytime you play a, a classical, a derby, uh, stats, current form, that's all thrown out the window, right? We've we've been here years past. I mean, Fico's flying high, Porto's struggling. And <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever been more confident in my life, in my life. Of Benfica beating Porto than I was like three or four years ago when Iker Casillas was was at Porto still or his first year, and they come into the losing, they beat the Geek see stood on his head and we lost. Like that game, everybody's predicting 3-0. And, 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 and like, it's just every time these teams play, form gets thrown out the window. Um, rivalry is a rivalry. And we know one thing's for sure, man. Every time Porto plays Benfica, and, and, and to their credit, 95% of the games, but in particular against Benfica, you could bet your ass on that. They, bro, they come to play. They have that Riva in them. They 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 despise us. Um, they will run through brick walls. They will jump in front of trains if they have to. They have that mentality, us against the world. And you know they're going to bring it. Now, it's going to be up to JJ um, to get his men to match that intensity, to get his men to match that, that sacrifice, to get these guys to give it their all because Benfica, Benfica players, um, obviously us fans, we seem to get it. Um, but sometimes we question as if, you know, question if the players themselves understand 
you know, that there's this this huge rivalry on the outside and the hatred that this other team that you're going up against um, that they have for you, right? Um, and, and hopefully JJ does a great job of transmitting that message to his players and we see uh, Benfica come out to, tomorrow with the phone coming out of their mouths and, you know, ready to give it their all because this is an important game because, as you said, it could dictate the rest of the season. Um, we've We've struggled here. Um, lately, in, 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 well, you know, to be honest, in all competitions, because of confidence, and this is a game that if Benfica comes away with with a convincing victory, comes away, plays well, um, it, it, I, I think a lot of these players' confidence, is even the coaching staff, everybody around, everybody involved, you know, it'll feel like five, you know, six trellos. Um and and hopefully that will you know uh, move on to the future matches, and you could tell. Uh, hopefully we can tell that the players, um, you know, mean business and, and, and Porto hopefully, you know, slides a little bit. But we know that it's going to be a very tough ask um, for Benfica tomorrow. Um, but as a Benfica, man, we play every game to win no matter what. Yeah. On Porto's side, uh, Pepo, Otavio and, and Corona are going to be game time decisions. Uh, both Otavio and Corona came out of Porto's uh, last game. Uh, but didn't look to be anything uh, anything that uh, that bad. Pep had a fractured bone in his face. Apparently, he's got a mask. So all three game time decisions. And, and Alfred, I'm glad you just mentioned that because that that ad that piggybacks off of what I said that these guys will jump in front of trains. They'll do what they have to do in order to play. And that's a perfect example. You get a guy like Pep who just had surgery last week and. He's going to do everything he can to wear a mask. These guys will, you know, throw their health, put their health at risk in order to make sure that they're they're going to give it their all. They're more to make sure that they do everything they can to beat us. And so, again, this is something that needs to be transmitted to the rest of our players that, that, that you know, we need to be ready for games like this. We need to absolutely slap a bully in the mouth and, you know, stomp on them and, and, and not be intimidated by this crap. I mean, Fika needs to come and play and do what they have to do um, to, to, to be at their best. Yeah, on Benfica's side, uh, we found out today that Pizzi uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, Gabriel, who got hurt in the, in the warm-ups for the Gil Vicente game, uh, is out till at least January where the muscular problem. Uh, so those are the two absences that Benfica will have. Uh, is easy an absence, though? I mean, look, I know he's been playing. He's been in great form of late. But he, has he ever turned up for a game against Porto? So is he really an absence? <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> It's hard to argue against numbers. But oh, we can pull up numbers of his performances against the the big clubs. Don't forget what his nickname is. He's the Monku Master. And last yep. I checked, uh, Porto. Yeah, but I think that PT has been shutting up a lot of people as of late, myself included. Uh, so, look, I think that whether he comes off the bench or whether he plays from the start, uh, he's a guy that can give a, his contribution. Uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But look, I think the guy that has the numbers that he has and is familiar with this rivalry is is an absence for me. Uh, Porto currently has the best attack with 25 goals scored uh, in the Liga Nosh. Uh, in terms of defense, they're not even in the top five best defenses in the Liga Nosh uh, with 13 goals allowed. Benfica has scored uh, 23 and allowed 11. Benfica, I believe Benfica is like fourth on that list or fifth on that top five. You know what other stat Porto leads in? Six penalties in 11 games. 
I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's nobody on their heels on that one. Somebody had posted uh, the 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 record for both Benfica and Porto and Sporting in terms of uh, penalties that they've been awarded, uh, both for and uh, against, and and definitely Benfica was the team that uh, that least favored, if you want to call that favored, or least benefiting for penalties being called in their favor or. Uh, for the other teams. Well, they had 0-4 in favor this year and two against this year. I believe Porto and Sport don't have uh, don't have a penalty against this year. So Porto has six in favor and Sporting has two in favor, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. So, um, sabes como é que é? Colinho, mas às vezes só para um lado. Yeah, o Benfica é comanda. Benfica is really, comes into this game, uh, an important game, uh, looking to pick up some momentum heading into an incredibly uh, busy January and very important January with games uh, at the Dragão uh, with Braga for the League Cup uh, semifinals. Uh, then it, if Benfica gets past Braga, they will play either Sporting or Porto in a final, then Sporting away at the end of the month. So uh, a potential here for possibly three games against Porto in, this, in the span of a month and uh, possibly two games against Sporting in this month of January, in a month that will certainly uh, test this Benfica, Benfica team. Um, let's, let's, let's turn our attention to the elephant in the room, uh, Cristiano Otamendi. Otamendi, who hasn't, who hasn't played uh, for Benfica, which are they'll get in, uh, the starts instead of him, uh, comes in to this game and most likely he will start this game and most likely he will also be the captain in this game. No, I don't think he'll be captain. I think JJ, which, which look, I, uh, who's going to be the captain, Cristiano? He, he actually mentioned Tarap might be a captain. Yeah, yeah, he said that Tarap is one. <laughs> I, think, I think Grimaldo, Grimaldo, if you're going to go on longevity, Grimaldo's been there. But look, just to answer the whole thing on, 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 on automatic, I'm all for him playing. That's that. Look, that's what he's getting paid for. He's he was brought in for big games like this, um, and so uh, I, look, if he's healthy and he's fit and he's ready to go, throw him in there. Let's see what we let's see what we get out of him. As far as JJ saying that, you know, he's learned over the last ten years, and you know, he he won't name Otamendi captain because he doesn't want to prove it, right? He doesn't want to instigate. He doesn't want to initiate anything, provoke anything. Uh, that that answer that answer pisses me off. And a guy that defends JJ, uh, I guess I could criticize him in that because I think Benfica, regardless of who the coach is, should always make the best decisions based on what's best for Benfica, not who they're going to piss off, who they're going to provoke, who's going to be offended. You know, uh, that pisses me off. If he feels that Otamendi is the best option to be a captain tomorrow, that's who should be the captain, regardless of who he played for, where he's coming from. I, I, I don't think Benfica should change their ways uh, because of anyone else. Porto certainly wouldn't care to offend Benfica with any Absolutely. type of, of those moves. Uh, Otamendi, by the way, uh, has won three Super Cups with, uh, with Porto while he was at Porto. Uh, and I keep telling this to, to people uh, that, criticize, uh, that criticize Otamendi and, and Tiago, uh, who, is a, who is a listener of ours, uh, and other guys criticize Otamendi. And I said, if he scores against Porto, all is forgiven. Yeah, but you know, you know that the ball is going to find them tomorrow. 
It never <laughs> fails. He's going to be on his ass. He's going to slip on a banana peel. He's going to be on his ass and the ball is going to find him. And so, as you know, you know that the guy say one thing about him um, and he hasn't been anywhere near what we all expected him to be. But everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for him so far this season. So, uh, I mean, I just I just hope for the best tomorrow. Um. Dave, from from a from a player's perspective and understanding how much criticism he has gotten thrown at him because he was a he played for Porto before, uh, because maybe he's sabotaging us. It, do you really think that uh, Otamendi will go into this game with a with an extra level of motivation because he wants to dispel all his critics? It could be either one or two uh, two ways motivation, or it can be uh, added pressure, right? Because I'm sure that. Uh, like we've discussed in the past, there is a pressure. He's trying to. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, we're talking about a guy that's played at the biggest stages, the biggest. I don't know about pressure. I don't think he's a guy that's going to bend on the pressure. National team. I play. think. I think the pressure is that he wants to prove to the fans that he is here playing for the the club, and he's not here to to sabotage for the. Um, not here to sabotage the, the the club, right? And obviously, as more things have been going wrong than right with him, that that pressure grows, right? It's definitely not decreasing. He's going to definitely want to continue to um, to prove his doubters wrong, and uh, this is going to be the the stage for him to 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 prove uh, his haters wrong, right? Um, I think there's more of an up, uh, more of a chance that something's going to go wrong than right uh, for Altamonte tomorrow. But hey, that's why we got to play the games. We're going to have to wait and see what what happens with them. But uh, my confidence is uh, my confidence is low that something good is going to happen uh, for Altamonte tomorrow, and my confidence is high that something wrong is going to happen uh, with Altamonte tomorrow. Yeah, and Cristiano, while Benfica has encountered a lot of teams that have played with five in the back, uh, with their whole team behind the ball, Porto will certainly not be that team. Uh, but on the other hand, you also have very competent players that can come down, uh, can come down the field and, and threaten this Benfica defense, which has been far from stellar. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see the chess match between both coaches. One thing that we 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 were down on it was surprised to somewhat, but we we're definitely down on last year on Brun Lage was how outcoached he was by by a guy who all of us uh here don't think he's anything, you know, special when it comes to X's and O's. But Benfica were absolutely outcoached last year by Sergio Conceição. So we'll see. We'll see what, what JJ is really made of. We'll see if he's really this this genius tactical mind and if he's able to play these games tomorrow and, and, and put Benfica in a favorable position. Because one thing we know, they're not going to be afraid of us. They're going to want to come and smack us in the mouth from the first minute. They have no respect for us. Um, and, and I think Serge Conceição is going to want to impose their will right from early on. Um, and, and it's going to be imperative that that JJ um, finds a way to fine-tune this team and 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 strengthen or fortify those weak positions that we've had when it comes to defending because as as I've said on here multiple times I don't care if we have Sergio Ramos and and and, and uh, Van Dyke or whatever his name is uh playing center back for Benfica when nobody else is defending along with them right when you got Nuno Tavares up the wing and you got Gilberto I don't know looking for God knows what and our defensive center midfielders thinking they're you know attacking center midfielders and there's only two guys defending it, it it's it's going to be hard to defend regardless of who your opponent is so i hopefully tomorrow he fortifies that position i'm very interested to see i think vigo will get the start alfredo yeah uh, 
Just uh, it'll just be interesting. Somebody's see also somebody hurt in there. Oh, somebody's just hurt. Okay, yeah, so I guess that answers my question. I mean, but y'all being hurt, there's no other option. So I mean, it's gonna be BZ being out. It, it's gonna be Vigel and and yeah. <laughs> that or, I believe or, that. Uh, yeah, I believe that JJ did say that somebody was hurt. I don't know if he then took it back, uh, but I don't think he figured uh, on the on the zero zero uh, bulletin that he was uh, hurt. Um, Dave, you know where you looked that up on zero zero for the game? Yeah, I'm checking right. Um, okay, uh, but I don't, I don't see I don't see him listed as as injured. But I have I believe I saw an article that he was gonna that he was questioned. Too, but as of on zero zero right now, he's not uh, listed yeah. there. He did come in and for uh, against Gil Vicente. Did play some minutes against Gil Vicente. Uh, so perhaps maybe he's not completely uh, at a hundred percent. But uh, I, I'm with you, Cristiano. I think that tomorrow in the middle is Weigel and Tarat, uh, and and a and a pairing that we often question who's going to be a pairing this game. Uh, but considering the the guys that are injured. Uh, I think that, that it's clear as day that Weigel and Tarapt are going to be the two in the middle. Unless Chiquinho. Chiquinho will be the other throne surprise. But I, I, don't, I don't think he'll do that. I don't, I don't think I don't think we'll see Chiquinho. Maybe no. I'm wrong. We shall see. I got a question for you, Alfredo, because and Dave, right? You mentioned uh, Benfica could possibly face Porto three times over the next month. And, and I have a question for you, right? Um, obviously... Uh, their next matchup will be for the Campeonato, uh, middle of January. If you had to win one game, you have to pick one game. Would, would it be tomorrow, Super Tass, or the, or, or the Campeonato game in, in two and a half weeks' time? Three Campeonato weeks. game. Dave? Yeah, obviously, the easy answer is Campeonato. But if you tell me that we win tomorrow, build some confidence, and then that carries over to the second half of the season, I would take that as well. But if we're if we can only pick one, I would obviously pick the the campeonato. But if one is if we win this one and then it builds us, uh, we get on a roll here. Then um, I'm on board for that too. But if it's one but or the other, roll you're gonna get on because you'd lose that game. <laughs> now I, I think that uh, <laughs> the the campeonato one for me is is huge, and I'll tell you why. Uh, number one is at the dragon. Uh, number two, it will serve as a, a tiebreaker, and we know that we've oftentimes done the math, and that tiebreaker tiebreaker comes into play, uh, which is the head-to-head. Um, the League Cup, uh, you the know, League Cup. I'm talking about the Super. I'm not even going. Yeah, but even even the, the the Super Cup, I think it's the, the Super Cup is, is more of a game for Benfica to make a statement than to win a, tro- a trophy. To me, here's my thing. I, I, I side with you guys. I would I would go with the campeonato, but I fear if he could lose tomorrow, oh my god, the circus will be out in full force. Elephants, giraffes, <laughs> the clowns, crocodiles, everybody, everybody will be out. You know what I mean? Full force. So I don't know if that's gonna destabilize the team going forward. That's that's the yeah. dilemma. But and look, oh, you could also let's be fair. and let's be fair, Alfredo. I'm sorry. Let's be fair, because you know, right now someone's listening. Like we play to win the game. Yes, yes, no doubt. We, and we want to win every game. And I want, I'm just, look, we're doing a podcast, a talk show, right? And I'm just coming up with ideas for entertainment value, right? I'm just giving another topic. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I hope Afika wins all three games. I hope Afika doesn't win, doesn't lose another game for the rest of the year. But I'm just throwing it out there for a topic of conversation. No doubt. And, and you can look at it and say, well, it's a Super Cup. It's worth the Super Cup. But after this, we still got 
two games that will play Porto for the championship, which could be no very because we got to win and they got to win too to get to the well, finals. But it'll be uh, you know. But in term in terms of of the games that we got left to play, for, forget the the League Cup, right? In terms of games that we got to play, the Super Cup is done with. We still have two opportunities that we'll play Porto uh, to for the championship, uh, right? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the with the with the league game for me. If uh, if if we had to win just one of the three, of course I would like to win all three. Um, Vlaco Dimos, uh, Gilberto Otamendi, Vertonghen, and Grimaldo, Weigel and Tarapt, Rafa, and Everton on the wings. Uh, the biggest doubt in my mind is uh, who's going to play up front with uh, with Darwin. Is it going to be Seferovic or is it going to be um, Walshmit? Walshmit, Walshmit all day. Super sub, Aris Seferovic off the bench, Arma Secreta, ready to go if things get get tight. Um, you go with the tandem that's been putting the ball in the back of the net. They seem to have an understanding of one another. Um, I, I, w- I would throw in Walshmit and uh, and Darwin. Yeah, record. yeah I'm, I think um, I'm with you on that. Um, I really don't see Pedrinho playing in this game. I think Rafa has to be there for his familiarity um, of the of the rivalry. Uh, and also for understanding the level of intensity that's expecting him. Uh, Pedrinho, uh, he's familiar with what Classic Cusar has probably played a couple in Brazil at his young age, uh, but certainly uh, he's going to be in for a rude awakening in terms of the intensity that Porto players are going to bring uh, to this game. And I think that Rafa is a little bit more uh, aware of that uh, than, uh, than Pedrinho. You heard it here first. With Samadis maybe potentially not being available, you're going to get Everton on the bench, Chucky, El Chucky Serbi on the left. He's going to help defend. That's because you know, you know, JJ, I love the dude, but goddamn, every time they play Porto, you invent something. So every time El Chucky tomorrow is going to be the surprise inclusion in the 11. Call your bookies. Um, Anyway, I think I, you know, we all hope for for a, a win tomorrow, and you know, uh, we're just been chronic, uh, of chronically afraid of of Porto. Uh, you don't understand how much joy uh, that game when Laj first took over and we went to the Dragão and we beat them at the Dragão. We beat them clear. How much joy they get that it gave me. Uh, and ever since then, as already mentioned here by Cristiano, uh, Laj was outcoached by, by Conceição, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And they, they've just beaten us the past three times that uh, that we played. And, and there's no uh, no more of a of a win that I would want than than, than tomorrow. So we'll just um, we'll just have to see. You guys want to risk on some predictions? My only concern is that uh, last year, like we've mentioned, that after playing Porto, it kind of gave the Mancouche the blueprint on how to how to play against us and how to beat us. And now it's kind of flipped this year, where the Mancouche have the blueprint and are know how to set up shop. So I wonder if uh, I'm I'm not coming into this game with the high confidence. 
uh, just because of how we've been struggling against these, these smaller clubs with uh, lesser quality of uh, uh, opponents. So I'm not coming into this game strong, uh, that confident and it wouldn't surprise me if it's a two, one uh, Porto result. Three, three, Benfica went four, three on penalties with a delta up converting the game winning penalty. You think we're going to score that many goals? Hey, why not? Well, we gotta we gotta allow goals in order to score them because that's the way we just been. Wait, that didn't every sound time, right. Every time we predict goals, yeah, score, we gotta get punched in the mouth first. Yeah, yeah, we'll be down three zero and then make a a Rangers comeback. I think there's definitely gonna be goals in this game. Um, I'm gonna say two two, uh, and Bifico wins it. Uh, penalties. Alfredo. I mean, Alfredo. Dave, this guy questioned me when I say three all. They gonna score that, but he says two two. Three is a little bit. Three is a little bit. I'm kidding you about the shot. Score goals. I'm just as if you're gonna say one zero. Like come, this guy is right behind me. I so think two two is more is more of a for me is more realistic. Okay. Well, we know Benfica well, is up two for sure. And then in fact, and Porto scores also. Exactly. So that's why I put the three. You know what I mean? And then because we have the tenacious, we have the cojones behind us. We never say die. Three three with a delta up converting. So who wins the penalties? In your in your scenario, I think two, two. that that uh, Benfica wins in penalties. Yo, does does Helton play tomorrow or or Vlakodimus? He, he could Vlakodimus plays, but Helton could play. Oh, I forgot. No, he could play. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with five subs, anything is possible. He could bring Helton. He could save one for the end and bring Helton at the end. You never know. But I, I don't. I I don't think that Del is Helton is a, a penalty specialist. Vakudim is a save some penalties also. I'm asking because normally you see the guys playing, backup goalie playing in the Tassas and all. That's why I was asking that. But, yeah, I, I expect to see Vakudim in the game tomorrow. Yeah. Um. So, we'll just have to have to see. Protimnes is next. is a week from today. Dave, you want to you wanna just throw us some numbers on that? Yeah, Benfica's record against them since uh, their return to the first division in 2017. Uh, four wins, two draws, uh, one defeat. And that uh, defeat is uh, was Vitoria's last game in charge of uh, Benfica. And everybody remembers Rui Costa at the... The press, the press conference there at the end of the, that match there, and uh, but this season, uh, Portimonense are currently uh, in 18th with uh, eight points from two wins, two draws, six defeats. Uh, they scored the least amount of goals in the league through 10 games, only scoring six. And this is a club that uh, finished 17th last season, so technically should have been uh, relegated, but then uh, Stubal forgot to register some players, so they got. Uh, they got lucky and uh, were able to stay in yeah. uh, the, the, uh, the first division. I think this game has all the makings of a trap game. Coming off of uh, of an emotionally charged win against Porto, playing the team uh, that's dead last and currently in the Liga Nauge is, is a recipe for desire, I think. Uh, desire. Disaster, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll see if Benfica players... Uh... You know, lay off the the bold ray because we know it's the Portuguese people's number one favorite dish or dessert, I should say. So, you know, hopefully they lay off of that, um, and then they're able to to to, to be ready to compete at at the highest level. Yeah. it the, could the, be that, or it, it could also be a perfect uh, bounce back game after a a, a, a very bad loss to Porto. Uh, knock on wood, and obviously we don't we don't hope for that, but certainly. Uh, uh, 
the protagonist game is it could be a little it'll be interesting anyway um that's all we got for this week we'll be back next week we'll be back after the protagonist uh, game i don't know if it's going to be tuesday night or wednesday uh, but we'll figure that out uh 10 co 10 is where you can find a non-active christian oliver on twitter uh 87 do87 is where you can find dave i don't know what he's been up to on twitter either i i haven't been that active either Uh, at Bifika Podcast, uh, BifikaIndependent.com, BifikaPodcast.com, all that good stuff. Um, thanks a lot for for checking us out, and and, and certainly, um, a Merry Christmas to to um, to everyone. Uh, this will be the last time that we speak to you before uh, Santa comes. So Merry Christmas. Hope that uh, everyone uh, gets uh, what they uh, what they des- desire or they hope for. Uh, in a material shape or not, uh, it's been a, a challenging year, and and certainly uh, we're looking, we're counting the days till till next uh, next year. Shano, ho ho ho! Merry Christmas! I just want nice victory against Fukuoka Porto. I'd be happy with that. Better than any present for sure. No, I'm no. There's there's good presents up for it. I wouldn't say that, but I'm. It's one of better than a PS5. Yeah, I'm not getting that. Not getting that. Same. The bots keep beating me to it. Dave. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone. Um why don't let's just win the the trinty oit, not uh, just the the the, the that's, super that's for next year, Dave. That's for next year. Well, I'm already putting making my list for next year. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Take care. Enjoy yourselves, be safe, wash your hands, practice safe distance. Later. <laughs>